If you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guest and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship or an emotional shift, well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Good day, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of We're Talking Shift. So, autoimmune diseases. I think we've all heard the phrase, you either have been maybe suffering from one or know somebody that is, um, and, they, and they've been on the rise uh, seriously over the last few decades. Um, according to medical establishment, autoimmune diseases are incurable, and the best that one can do is to manage the symptoms, usually by avoiding things, and of course, with what could turn out to be a buffet of pharmaceutical drugs, depending on what's going on. Uh, that might end up being something you're doing for life. Um, and in some cases, again, depending on what disorder or disease that you have, that's an autoimmune um, condition, your life could be cut very short. Uh, the cause is unclear to doctors. Therefore, it is widely believed that there is no cure which actually is kind of strange to me because I think it's weird to assume that something has no cure when you're not really exactly sure what the cause is. But we'll get into that with my guest later today. Um, and speaking of my guest, she has suffered from one such incurable autoimmune disease and was chronically ill with a variety of symptoms and ailments for years, yet she managed to flip the script on her condition. Autoimmune diseases have just never made sense to me. Like the body attacks and damages its own tissues and organs. And I'm like, why, why would it do that? It's, it's always been something I've been very curious about. Um, I'm certain though that I will be getting some insight from my guest who will be enlightening all of us about autoimmune diseases and what you can do about it if you suffer from one of them. So Dr. Brooke Goldner is going to be with us in just a moment. She is a board certified medical doctor, a plant-based healer specializing in treating disease with plant-based nutrition. She is also the author of three best-selling books, Goodbye Lupus, Goodbye Autoimmune Disease, and green smoothie recipes to kickstart your health and healing, which I'm very excited to hear about that too. You all know I am a huge smoothie fan. She has been featured on the front cover of Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine three times, as well as the cover of Fit Over 40. So without further ado, let's get her on. Welcome Dr. Goldner to We're Talking Shift. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us today and shed some light on this very tricky condition that so many people have been suffering from and that seems to be, as I mentioned earlier, seems to be on the rise. Um, so I think, um, I think even more than ever because of the state of health affairs, shall we say, over the last year, that more than ever, the importance of a strong immune system has become, you know, front and center in everybody's minds, um, thanks to what's been going on. Um, 
So with immunity being the focal point du jour, uh, I thought it would be very timely to dive into autoimmune diseases and in particular your story, which is fascinating in your experience. Um, so before we jump into your story, though, I would love to have you maybe begin by um, explaining to our listeners who may not be so familiar with autoimmune diseases, um, you know, exactly what they are, um, why they've been labeled autoimmune diseases or disorders. Let's just kind of give a little bit of background on that first. Absolutely. So as you said, they've kind of been labeled in a strange way, right? That it's your body against yourself. And I work hard to undo that label for people so they can realize their body's their ally and their friend, not their enemy. But the reason it's considered that is autoimmune diseases are a collection of diseases where you've got so much built up inflammation and dysfunction that your immune system stops properly functioning. So typically your immune system is designed to protect you against invaders and injuries. So a bacteria, a virus, uh, maybe you banged your knee or, or, or banged your shoulder and, and we need blood to flow in and repair the damage. That's what your immune system is really for, finding cancer cells, things like that. But when people get so sick that their immune system can't function properly and they have the genetic predisposition to autoimmune disease, the immune system gets confused and it has trouble recognizing what belongs to the body and what doesn't. And it may start attacking different organs and, and what organs it attacks really depends on the person. So, or, or, or that's how you kind of pull, you know, pick the label of what autoimmune disease it is. So if it's the nervous system, they might call it multiple sclerosis. If it's your mucus glands, Sjogren's, if it's, you know, your kidney, your heart, your brain, often that's lupus, but really on a cellular level, they're pretty much the same on how they get started and how, how it develops. Uh, but that's really why they, they start to think of it as your body attacking itself. It's the immune system working on destroying things that it assumes are viruses or bacteria or invading things. But in reality, it's actually part of the body. And that's why they're so dangerous. Mm, okay. That, that makes a little more sense. Um, because yeah, that's one of the things I'm like, how is that even a thing where something that is, you know, like it's one of our parts that we come here with, <laughs> right? Yes. We pay, we show up with this part and it's like, it wasn't like an extra nail in the box kind of thing. So how is it that that part could make a mistake and, you know, start turning in on itself basically. So that's, that's really helpful. It just, you know, kind of clears it up. Um, okay. So what are you able to give us? Maybe I know that, I know that they say, you know, I don't, they don't know really what causes this. And, you know, you said a few minutes ago when you're really, really sick so that your immune system is probably like overtaxed and, and overworked, but, but do we know like an actual cause or is that going to vary depending on what condition, you know, is showing up? Well, you know, it's interesting because there's no definitive cause like A causes B, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, with COVID, we know the virus that causes it, right? So with autoimmune disease, it's not like that, where here is this one trigger that always causes this array of symptoms or diseases. Okay. 
What I've found is there's a lot of causes. So one, you have to have the genetic predisposition. We all have different genetics in terms of what diseases we might get that's been passed down in our families. You know, that's the luck of the draw, right? Whether it's diabetes or cancer or autoimmune or many different kinds of diseases, you have these kind of predispositions or, or possibilities basically right. built into your genes that if you get sick enough, you might develop those diseases, but they're not they're not definite, right? If somebody mm -hmm. has a highly genetic disease like diabetes, type two diabetes is considered one of the most highly genetic diseases and that if you have one parent that has it, very likely you're gonna get it too. However, if you are a vegan ultra marathon runner who runs hundred miles you know, for your, for your runs, you're not gonna get diabetes, even if you have the gene. So autoimmune diseases can be triggered by a lot of things. You have the predisposition. And then, uh, you know, over time, I've been working in disease reversal with autoimmune disease for over a decade, and nobody has the same story. But some stories that I get are for myself around puberty. Uh, so hormones, a lot of women, when they get pregnant, that can be a trigger. Um, trauma is a very big trigger for autoimmune disease. There's a very high rate of trauma in people with autoimmune diseases, mm -hmm. uh, depression, anxiety, uh, mourning, when people are in mourning over a, a big loss, um, whether it's a person or a job or a marriage, that's often a trigger. And of course, inflammatory diets, uh, high stress, poor sleep. And so for more, most people, they've got a lot of the above, right? It's not mm -hmm. just one thing. And so I always tell people autoimmune disease is not a light switch. It's like a storm where there's a cold front, there's a temperature shift, there's a certain amount of moisture in the air that all of the conditions are right, then you can develop these diseases. But that also means, and what I've been able to, to prove over and over again, is that if we fix those conditions, then you can actually have the storm clear and you can get your health back again. And that's the part that's really been missing from the Western medical dialogue. And you know, as a Western medical doctor myself and been trained both in genetic research and in practicing medicine, we're not really trained in that area and to worry about the triggers or to worry about the lifestyle factors, but mostly what we're trained in is what treatments to give medically, surgically, and that's about it. So it, it creates a lot of helplessness when they say, yep, we don't know the cause, as in there's not one specific cause, and so mm -hmm. therefore there's no cure. And it really, the, the message that many patients get is there's nothing I can do, and that's absolutely yeah. not correct. Yeah, and I'm I'm so glad I was going to have you jump into your story. But on that note, um, I'm glad you said that because one of the questions that I wanted to ask was um, how much of I mean, when people hear something like that, like, okay, you know, you, uh, you've got this, yes, we don't know exactly what the cause is. Um, mm -hmm. Here's the list of medications, and we'll adjust those, you know, as you go through however much time you have left. I mean, some may be conditions longer than others, but it's not a very um, optimistic prognosis, right? So my question is what, I mean, that alone, without getting any other kind of input, like from someone like you that says, wait a minute, there's another way, mm -hmm. uh, other than this one narrow traditional way, w with only that kind of input, what kind of, what kind of psych, you know, how does that psych out people? I mean, that's got to have a really big impact on you know, their, their minds and what they're thinking about this. And then you, you know, the placebo effect, the self-fulfilling prophecy has got to play into that where they think, oh, well, this is it for me. So their mindset just kind of follows, falls in step with what they've just been told. That's got to be, um, a, it's got to factor in. You know, that's really person dependent, but definitely mindset is a powerful part of our health in general. So 
I find that I see it go one of two ways with people dealing with traditional medical approaches. Uh, one way is they just really accept what's happening and just try to have a good life anyway. That's what I did. I was diagnosed with lupus at 16. I was in kidney failure. I had arthritis, all these things at 16. So it was kind of like, all right, am I disabled forever or am I going to make a life anyway? And mm -hmm. I found with accepting my illness and accepting the treatments I needed uh, without feeling sorry for myself and without letting myself get hopeless or sad, then I was able to have a really good life in spite of it. And, and build build a life for myself and a career for myself, even with a disease. But what happens for a lot of people is the opposite, that they can't come to terms with it. They feel devastated by it. They yeah. feel hopeless that there's no help, especially people who don't do well in medicines. Some folks get great responses to medicines and others, you know, they have a lot of trouble finding one that helps if at all, or the side effects are unbearable. And so for a lot of folks, it, there is this place of just hopelessness and it's never going to end. And, you know, right now we consider in Western medicine, um, autoimmune diseases to be chronic and progressive. Chronic means it doesn't go away and progressive means it gets worse over time. And using traditional medical approaches, that's true. Even for myself, you know, chemotherapy saved my kidneys, but then I got blood clots in my twenties. And then, you know, I had to take injections for blood clots. So there was always kind of something looming, you know, it's like, even on a sunny day, there might be a gray cloud coming and you just don't know how much time you have. So living in the moment was my savior, was like planning for the future and living in the moment without letting myself worry was how I got through my days. Uh, but it can be really difficult, especially with people with severe diseases that aren't responding to meds. It can be really devastating. And you're right, without hope, there's really no moving forward. I actually just posted on my Instagram and my Facebook today uh, about how you can't create something you're not willing to dream and how so many people are so hopeless, they can't even envision a life without disease which means that they have no motivation to even try to create it, right? If it's hopeless, why should I change my diet? Why should I meditate? Why should I do anything anyone says yeah. if yeah. there's no hope? So the way we talk about these diseases, especially on the medical side, uh, has been devastating for many people's lives, for sure. Sure. Yeah, I, I feel you're, you're spot on about that. Um, because so many people, you know, for, they're just really, they have, all, they've put all their faith in their doctor. And if their doctor doesn't, you know, tap into any of those other things and use them, then the patient may, they may not be proactive enough to, or, or willing to go out and search for alternatives or, you know, things that they can do in addition to what they're doing with their, with their doctor. So, yeah. yeah and they won't believe it when they hear it too. Right. I've had right. some people, yeah. you know, I made a video once saying, do I make you angry? Just because sometimes when I say, Hey, you can reverse these diseases. I reversed mine. Here's another person who reversed her MS or her lupus or her Sjogren's. And sometimes people will get angry. How dare you spread false hope, they call it, which there's no such thing as false hope, only hope. Right, right. right. So I said, you know, if I make you angry, I get it. Because if your doctor, whom you trust, tells you there's no way out, and then some, you see some, you know, person on Instagram saying there is, how dare you? What do you know? Uh, and, and what's cool is a lot of those people have ended up being some of my best clients because I always treat them with love because I get it. I get how scary it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, I understand what it's like to be sick. And I always sure. tell them, it's all right for you to be mad. Just don't ignore the message. Why don't you be mad, but try it anyway? Because I teach my protocol for free online. So it's not like I'm saying you have to pay me in order to get the answer. Yeah. yeah what do they have to lose? Right. My, my, my classes right now, people go to goodbylupus.com. They can click on it and watch five hours of free content of exactly how to eat to reverse their disease. And, and it's free. 
And I've had people from all over the world reverse their disease for free. So I say, fine, you know, I always say, you can be skeptical. That means you're smart, but don't put your hand over your ears. Try it anyway. It's free anyway. Yeah. Go home. Don't tell anybody and, and just make your smoothies, make the food, practice the things, things I'm teaching. Yeah. To see if you feel better. And so yeah. I've had, you know, I have a video testimonial from someone who said, I used to be a hater and now I'm healed. <laughs> so love you know, it. It, is, it makes it hard. I mean, why would you even look for alternative help if your doctor who's the expert says there's no hope? Exactly. Exactly. It's so interesting. And I think that's, that's so cool though, that you say, look, um, first of all, that you offer that training for them for free. That's just amazing. So people all over the world can have access to, you know, to something that could, that could literally turn their lives around. I mean, in a matter of weeks too, it's not like, oh, you have to do this for, you know, six months or a year. And, and then maybe you'll see some results. I mean, when you change things with food and, and diet, I mean, you can get results very quickly, as you know, better than I do. Um, so I was going to say, um, oh, and I, and I love that you said you can be skeptical, but, but you can still write that because that is, that is smart to be skeptical and question, but that doesn't mean you should not at least consider, you know, a new message. Just try just, it anyway. Just, it's yeah, free. just hear it. Just, do it. <laughs> just try it. Just be willing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so, getting my kids to try new things. I always tell them, you know, taste buds change. And so something you hate today, you might love tomorrow. So try anyway. And so they always, it's like a game. Okay, try it. What do you think? You know, so try it. What do you think? It can't hurt, right, you know? Right. Uh, and it can, it can get your life back. So yeah. yeah, I'm extremely enthusiastic. That's why I love doing things like this. I'm so appreciative of you and everyone who's out there doing podcasts and interviews and bringing these stories and, and these messages to the public because people need to hear it, that there's hope and that there's healing out there. Yes, there is. And, and let's repeat that. There's no such thing as false hope, my friends. It's an oxymoron. There's just false or there's hope. <laughs> right? Let's hope. just, let's just get that straight right now. Okay. So, so I was going to say what came, um, what came first for you, the, the doctor's degree or, or the lupus, but I think you said you were diagnosed when you were like 16, right? So. Yes. Yeah. So I got, I started getting sick at 14. I, I got terrible migraines. And, you know, my, my parents took me to the doctor. They did all the tests, the EEG and the MRIs and the joke in my family. We're sarcastic New Yorkers. Uh, you know, look, they've proven you have a brain, but, you know, no, 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 don't know why you have the headache. So they gave me medicine for the pain. Uh, over time, I started to develop joint pain, then joint swelling, uh, then rashes. Uh, and so by the time I was 16, I finally had this day where I was out in the sun all day with my friend at the pool. And people with autoimmune disease often have sensitivity to the sun. So I was at the pool all day. I came home and I felt really sick. I had a horrible migraine. I was vomiting from the migraine. And when I came out from vomiting, the rash across my nose and my cheeks were so big and bright that my dad said, wait a minute, there's something really wrong here. He called up my doctor. Uh, she met us in the ER and finally she figured it out that she saw all of it together. That I had the classic butterfly rash of lupus. I had the joint pain and the all the things. So that's when she figured out I had lupus. Now, that wasn't the whole story at that point because when they were doing all the testing when I was in the hospital, um, they also discovered I was in kidney failure. So the next day I ended up getting a kidney biopsy and the day after that, I'm in a nephrologist's office and the nephrologist says to, I was there with my mother and my grandmother who's a Holocaust survivor who you know, was a refugee here after the war, wanted her children and her grandchildren to have a better life, right? So she's sitting in the office with us and he says point blank that 
the kidney failure I had, which was type four membranoproliferative, to all of you who want to know the exact details, um, is the most aggressive form. And if I didn't start doing experimental treatments that they had available at the time, that I would be dead in six months, uh, or at best case scenario, dialysis. So it was a real shock to go from, you know, I, I'm achy and tired and have a rash uh, and a headache. Yeah. Um, my life is in mortal danger. Oh, your family must have been devastated. Oh my goodness. I mean, uh, it was, it was really devastating. I, my grandmother is so special to me. I lost her two years ago. Actually her, she, the anniversary of her, of her dying, uh, was just this week. Uh, but she made it to 99. (laughs) Nice. Uh, at the time she, I'd never seen her cry. She was the most optimistic, peppy person, even though she was a Holocaust survivor. She taught me that, you know, if you're awake and you're free and you're alive, it's a great day and you're lucky. And she was just the most optimistic, amazing woman. And that night, I remember she was on her knees crying and screaming to God to take her and spare my life. And that'll be forever burned into my brain, uh, seeing her that way. Um, obviously I made it. So, so, you know, the end of the story (laughs) is okay, but it was really, it was extremely devastating. And it's one of the things that I work on with my patients, my wellness clients is that, that you don't live through chronic disease by yourself. The people who love you suffer too. And sometimes when people don't have the motivation to do what they need to, to save their own life, sometimes I can help them find motivation by helping the people they love because the people who love them need them in their life too. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, uh, another kind of point of entry into getting into their, their mind and hoping to inspire and motivate them to, to be willing to try some things that, you know, they had shut out before. Yeah. So, okay. So was all of your, um, issues with all of these conditions, is that what made you decide, you know what, I think I'm going to become a doctor? Well, I, you know, I've always been a nerd. So so I was heading into the sciences in some way or form. Uh, although I, I did double major in English and biology in college, I do love to write as well. Uh, but um, yes, for sure. I mean, I, I ended up doing experimental chemotherapy at the time. And so from 16 to 18, I was taking high dose steroids and chemotherapy. And I had a handful of pills every day. It was seven pills in my hand um, mm. to deal with the disease, to help me with the side effects of the medicines, the whole shebang. Um, it was very difficult to, to live through and uh, studying and focusing on my purpose and what I wanted to do in the world was what saved me from it. My mother's an incredible woman and, and she always, you know, kept me focused that, you know, lupus is something you have, but it's not who you are. You got stuff to do. So we just got a plan, you know, that if you have an AP chemistry test on Monday and you have chemo on Friday, you know, then you better get your studying done some other time because you're going to be puking all weekend. So what are we doing? Right. You know? So I was always thinking about it was just you plan around your disease, you plan around your medicines, but you don't stop living. So I couldn't do all the things I used to do. I couldn't go to the beach with my friends. I used to go to the you know Jersey Shore. We we're in Pennsylvania at the time near Philadelphia. Um, I couldn't be out in the sun playing with my friends, you know, during the day if they were going to play volleyball or go to the park or stuff. I couldn't, I wasn't as active or I'd be too tired or sick. Right. Uh, I tried to do chemo on the weekends so I wouldn't miss as much school, but that also made me miss friendship time. So one thing that I could do is when I felt good enough, I would just read my textbooks. So I was always ahead of everybody in the textbooks because I never knew when I'd have a bad day, which made me even nerdier and, and people thought I was even more of a teacher's pet. Um, but, right. but yeah, so I, I, I loved biology. I loved the sciences. 
And I love taking care of people. So I think intellectually focusing on illness and the body did help save me from feeling it as much in my own body. It's kind of a defense mechanism. And mm -hmm. so I would think about the immune system and the cells and how they functioned. And, and, and that did definitely get me interested in pursuing uh, either research or medicine. Uh, mm -hmm. My doctors definitely inspired me. I mean, they saved my life. Uh, medicines didn't give me my health back, but they did save my life. I was able to go into remission with two full years of chemotherapy, but I did go into remission. Um, and I still had some protein loss in my urine that they said was permanent, but I didn't end up on dialysis. Um, I had medicines I could take to deal with the arthritis that helped me get through college and get into medical school. So yeah, I was definitely inspired by my doctors and mm -hmm. by my health to be a part of the answer for other people. And, and actually my original thought was that I could help people create fulfilling lives with chronic pain, chronic disease, or any other kind of trauma. And so I actually became a trauma specialist. I, I originally was gonna go into rheumatology and then I switched into uh, going into psychiatry because I realized the power of happiness and purpose in yeah. people's lives and, and how my patients who were happy healed faster than my depressed ones when I was working in the hospital. And so I thought maybe I could teach people everything that helped me so that they can have good lives, even if they have incurable diseases, like mm -hmm. I thought I did at the time. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. And I think it's so cool that you have pulled in the best of all those worlds. So you're, you know, you're more traditional um, medical routes that you can take along with all of these other um, alternative, what's called alternative now um, routes. And so how big of a role did diet play? Well, that was the final thing that that saved my life or changed my life. So it's interesting. Um, you know, I think my optimism and positivity and happiness throughout my illness helped my meds work better. Uh, mm -hmm. I've seen it be the case that people with depression don't heal as well. You know, Selena Gomez got the same chemotherapy I did. Great lupus doctor in Los Angeles still needed a kidney transplant, but mm -hmm. has said her lupus is doing better now that she's getting therapy for her trauma and depression. So it really is an important factor. So I think that helped my meds work. I always believed they would. I never thought I was going to die in six months. I had a, a vision of myself living and yeah. and having a good life. So I, I think those were really uh, important to how far I got, but I still did get sick. In medical school, I started developing blood clots. I had mini strokes, double vision. Um, and at that point we had to add, we had to add the uh, blood thinners. I took injections every day so that I wouldn't have a stroke and I could continue my, my medical education. But, you know, I just kind of took those things in stride. You know, I used to think of myself as a comeback kid that, you know, I'd get really sick but I always came back, you know, they, they always, they would predict I was going to die, but I never right. did. I just back again. Right. So yeah. uh, like, like one of those, what do you call that thing where you punch it and it goes down and it comes back up again? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yes. You know, I, I was going to say whack-a-mole, but it's something else. We right. Kids. It was like, yeah. everyone had that inflatable thing and you punch it and it yeah. went down and came back again. I don't know. They probably have cooler toys now, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, so that, that was really how I thought I was going to do my life. I, I made sure I handled what I could, my stress mm. and my sleep as much as I could. Medical school was very hard to manage that. But I finally got healthy uh, when I changed my diet. And that didn't come from the years of doing genetic research. That didn't come from any of my medical training. In fact, diet never came up in my medical training, except for people with diabetes shouldn't eat sugar and people with heart disease probably shouldn't have butter. But I don't remember anything else about, yeah. about nutrition, all of the years of training I had. Um, I changed my diet because I fell in love 
And I met the man in my dreams who wanted to marry me in spite of me telling him when he proposed that I'd never be able to have his children. I was going to become disabled. Uh, when I became disabled, he would have to take care of me. I probably wouldn't live a very long life. And you know, it's not exactly a romantic answer to a wedding yeah. proposal, um, but he told me he'd rather live a short life with me than a lifetime with anyone else. And he was just gonna Aww. make sure it was the best damn life anybody ever had. And he has, he has actually come through on that promise. It is definitely uh, the best damn yes. life, but um, he's an expert in metabolism. He has a best-selling book himself, Miracle Metabolism, talking about how anybody can have a fast metabolism uh, mm -hmm. that you can create through your nutrition. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to look great for my wedding and I was overweight at the time. You know, if you want to be overweight and sick, eat hospital food. Hospital yeah. food is great for hospital business. It is right? the worst stuff on the planet. So I was overweight um, and, you know, I was moving to LA to do my residency and I was not in LA shape, if you know what I mean. So, yes, I do. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> so, what you mean. Yeah. So, uh, so I asked him to put me on a program. And at the time, he was teaching what looks more like what paleo became. This was a long time ago, mm -hmm. uh, where very high in raw vegetables, very high in omega-3s. And, and the meat that he thought that people needed was um, free range. Mm -hmm. And I had been a vegetarian since I was a kid because of my own reasons I liked animals, but I really was a processed food, dairy, and eggitarian. So I uh -huh. ate eggs and cheese like all day long, processed junk, whatever. Uh, yeah. In the hospital where I worked in Pittsburgh, if you ordered a salad, they put French fries and ranch dressing on top. Yeah, it was that was that was my salad for lunch. Oh yeah. So um, so he he said, listen, you know, the dairy is making you fat. You can't eat all the saturated fat. I mean, I wasn't fat, but he said it nicely. He he's smarter than that. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. But he said, you're not going to reach your goals with eating that stuff. So he said, get rid of all the saturated fat. He told me I could eat egg whites, but I didn't see the point at the time. I thought that was gross. So mm -hmm. I got rid of the dairy. I got rid of the eggs um, and I didn't eat meat. So he said, I don't know, maybe try tofu, but I did everything else the same. The raw vegetables, high water intake, omega threes. And mm -hmm. within three months, I went from a size 11 to a size three. I was ripped to shreds and I had zero symptoms. I was I was now an intern doing my residency, working 30 hour shifts at a time. I had tons of energy, no arthritis, no headaches. And I just, I felt so good, no joint pain. And I went to my doctors in LA before we left for the wedding and my labs were negative for lupus for the first time in my life. And at that point I'd been sick for 12 years. I'd had kidney failure, blood clots, the whole thing. Yeah. And they were negative, ANA, DSDNA, complement levels, no protein in my urine. My kidney function was up higher than normal. Were and they shocked? They thought it was somebody else's test. They thought it was a lab error. <laughs> yeah. They had all my old charts from where I was living in Pennsylvania and it was a new doctor and he's looking at the chart and he's looking at the lab test. He said, this is a mistake. He said, go enjoy your wedding, come back. We'll retest everything. Obviously there was a mistake. Uh -huh. I went to the wedding, had a beautiful time, came back. And when they retested it, Everything was still normal, no antibodies. My blood clot antibodies were gone as well. And my cholesterol, which had been high since I was like 21. And my doctor at the time, when I asked him, why is my cholesterol high? He didn't mention all the dairy. He said, blame your parents, it's genetic. Well, guess what? At this point, my cholesterol was now normal. And that was 16 years ago. Wow. And in the past 16 years, I have never had a relapse. My labs have stayed negative. I've had two beautiful, healthy boys, age eight and 12 right now. And it, it really spurred me on to go back and understand because the only thing I'd ever changed was my diet. I'd been in love for six months before I changed my diet, still had lupus. So love helped, but it didn't, 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 uh, yeah, it. didn't 100%. <laughs> yes, and say that said, sometimes. 
And you, know? you said um, you thought you would never have children and now you have two. Yes, exactly. Amazing. So after I had my first son and I didn't have a relapse because all of my doctors said it was stupid and dangerous and I was going to have a relapse, but I didn't. Uh, and after I had my son, uh, I was back into my pre-pregnancy clothes in nine days. Uh, and my husband at the time had the largest boot camps in Orange County. And he said, this is going to be great for business because I have women in my boot camp trying to lose their pregnancy weight and their kids are in college. And you, there's, there's none of this makes sense. So we're both scientists. He has a master's degree in exercise science and health promotion. And of course I have, you know, background in yeah. genetic medicine. Yeah. So we went back to say, okay, we don't want to be one of those people who come out and say, I feel better do what I did because mm -hmm. a lot of times People got better in spite of some things they did and not mm. because of everything they did. So mm -hmm. we wanted to go back and understand the cellular biology of nutrition. What, what types of foods and nutrition can affect cellular repair and be and, and really reverse inflammation and damage from inflammation and optimize anti-inflammatory immunity. And we discovered we'd accidentally created the most anti-inflammatory way of eating really possible. Then nice. we took a year to keep testing it to make sure everybody got the same result because I don't believe in promoting things where some people get better and some don't or some get worse. That's not yeah. real science to us. Right. So we, we tested it for a year and when the results were consistent, and then we brought it to the public and we decided to release it to the public for free because you know, I always say you have to save your life, save your life. And my husband says, you got to save your wife. Um, but we <laughs> nice. want everyone to have the story we did. And yeah. we wanted to make sure that it was real science. It was reproducible and that it was available to the public. So That's I've had amazing. an extraordinary life both yeah. when I was sick and, and after getting better. But now right. this is what I do full time is I help people reverse their diseases with the right nutrition, with right. helping them release trauma and anxiety and depression so they mm -hmm. can embrace gratitude and happiness, which is healing in and of itself, um, optimize their, their health by looking at their stress and their relationships and their sleep so that they can actually, you know, get out of that storm front they've been in yeah. and get yeah. to that really good weather, get back to the health that their body really wants them to have and, and, and you know, is programmed to give you, but mm -hmm. that your body can't until you align all of these other factors. Yeah, and that's why I think it's so amazing what you're doing because it is it truly is the holistic approach. It's not compartmentalized. And right. and you know, surely that has everything to do with the results that you've had. You've, you know, you came at it with the mindset. You came at it with food. You also you you included traditional, you know, medicine all of the, you know, everything. Um, and I just think that it's fascinating when, when you are willing and open to really do a multi-pronged, like complete holistic approach, that's when you really can achieve some miraculous results. So I, I love that you are literally a walking demonstration of that. And, um, so do you now consider yourself, how do you refer to that condition, the, the autoimmune condition? Do you say like I'm cured or do you say I'm in remission or how do you? How you do have you to be very careful, right? So <laughs> right? I try not to piss people off uh, more than I just naturally would um, because I don't want anyone to close the door to what's possible. So yeah. I don't use trigger words as I call them. I don't say cure. Okay. I say reversible because- you cannot argue with the fact that I had a disease that was chronic and progressive, and then it was reversed and the blood clots went away. The kidney function went back to normal, right? You can't argue with those words. So yeah. I call them reversible and yeah. they absolutely are. 
Now there can be damage that's not reversible. You know, mm. I've actually published cases in reversing end stage kidney failure, got someone off the transplant list using nutrition. Okay. Mm. And her doctor said impossible. And then he said, I don't know what happened, but keep doing what you're doing, which that is the worst answer. Come on, be interested. Right. But anyway, um, so I've done that. And so people with end stage kidney failure, they don't usually get back up to hundred percent right? But we can reverse the damage, we can stop the disease and then see how much repair work their kidney can do. And if it's enough to get off that transplant list, then hallelujah, right? So right, right. we can reverse the disease, we mm -hmm. can reverse a lot of damage, we can't eliminate scar tissue, we can't grow back like a thyroid that's not there anymore. If you've had Hashimoto's for 20 years, uh, right? So but we can stop the immune disease that caused it and make sure you don't have that joint pain anymore. And you can get your weight back and all the other things. So yeah, the results those vary in terms of, you know, what's permanent damage and what isn't, but the disease mm -hmm. itself is reversible. So mm -hmm. those are the words that I've been using. And I think that they're a lot more palatable for people yeah. because, you know, otherwise, if you say cure, someone will go, there is no cure, look online and then they're out. Right. Right. Um, right. With the website, yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. And, yeah. and, and cure could mean something kind of different to them than, than the results that they actually can get, even though, like you said, you can get rev some reversal going on, but it may not be a hundred percent back to, you know, the perfect specimen of the human body and all of your organs right. are pristine. And maybe it will, right. For me, I maybe. got it all back. In spite of it being 12 years of sickness, you know, my, my labs look perfect, like, a, like something you would expect to see out of a textbook nice. uh, for someone who is that sick. It's remarkable. And actually, most of the time, that's what I see. Like I said, there are people who have end stage organ failure where there's going to be some damage and we just got to stop the damage progression. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, but there are many people, I actually just released a, a, a video from someone who is in my rapid recovery group where I work with them every day for six weeks. And she said that she feels better now than she ever felt before she got sick. Mm -hmm. So getting sick was one of the best things that ever happened yeah. because she had no idea she was living life with lower energy than she could have, with less right. vitality than she could have. So yeah. by getting sick and then doing disease reversal, and you know, she went through the whole program where the whole holistic approach. So in my group, we do the nutrition and the sleep and the lifestyle and the self-talk and the self-sabotage and the gratitude and all those things, where she said she now doesn't have anxiety anymore. She doesn't feel stressed the same way anymore. Like she's living her life at this better way than ever. And I think a lot of times the struggles we face can lead to the greatest breakthroughs and happiness and purpose we could ever imagine yeah. once we get through it, as long as we have that hope and keep pushing and fighting for ourselves. True. So true. I've, I've had that experience with some of the clients that I've worked with too, where they, they didn't realize until they got through some things and came out the other side that before all of their life, they, they thought they were functioning at like on a scale of one to 10, 10 being amazing. They thought they were like up there at an eight or a nine when really they realized that they were at like a four or a five, but that was their normal. And they, they didn't realize there was like five more degrees, like yeah. of an up level they could have until they went through that. So it's, it is a really interesting thing to see in people and, and exciting. I mean, it's so exciting to see that light get switched on in people and that, that flame start burning bright and they just have this entire new outlook on life and what's possible for them. And there's just nothing more rewarding than that. It's oh, that's why I'm addicted to this work is yeah. that I love changing people's lives. I didn't become a doctor to just see somebody forever. Like I, I had a 
partner once back in the day who told me I was a bad business person because my patients kept getting better and leaving the practice. I said, I thought that was what our job was, you know, <laughs> so we were supposed to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But that's, I want, I don't want someone to meet me and nothing happened. I want it to change their life. And so yeah. when I see someone, that's why I see being a doctor, it's not about symptoms and it's not about diseases or, or, or even medicines or any of that. It's about helping people live their purpose. I think that's what my purpose is, is to help others live theirs. So for example, mm -hmm. I had this um, patient once who he had such terrible autoimmune disease, lupus, scleroderma, and Sjogren's. He had terrible disfiguring rashes. Um, he had infections from the scleroderma makes her skin so hard that his skin on his knuckles all split open and he had infections down to the bones. Uh, he'd been in the ICU for months at a time. And so he had no life at all. His mother was a single mom, bless her soul. She would work full time and he would sit home by himself and eat at the 7-Eleven next door. Uh, and he wanted to work, but when he'd go in for job interviews, nobody would even look at him because he was so disfigured. They couldn't tolerate even seeing him. Oh. When he worked with me within two months, everything healed. The doctors had told him the only thing they could do for his hands was amputate his fingers. That's what they said. They said- That is no mortifying. And they would have to amputate his fingers. Everything healed up completely. And not only did he get a job within a couple months after meeting me, he works uh, with the helping the poor and, and helping, you know, young underserved men get their purpose back and get jobs and all these wonderful things. Wow. But he also started creating three-dimensional art and he won an art show in an LA gallery last year with the same fingers they were going to amputate. Oh so my God. When I see stories like that, and his mother, she, she carries my book, Goodbye Lupus and her son's before and after pictures in her purse. Anyone who meets her, if you meet Glenda, she's going to tell you the whole story. But that's what I see. Like I'm in tears every day is to me, my purpose is to help people like David and all the other people get their life back and live yeah. their purpose. And, and it's the most extraordinary job. And I'm just so grateful for it. That's, that is an amazing, that is an amazing story. And it's mortifying that their solution was to basically cut your fingers off. Well, that's, there's nothing we can do about it. Let's just get rid of them. Yeah, <laughs> I well, mean, there was nothing they could do. He was on all the medicines and it wouldn't heal. Oh my yeah, God. And he's actually the, the free classes I teach. He's actually one of the case studies there where people can see the pictures of, of what he looked like and, and how quickly he got better. And you know, he's off all medicine now for years, zero medications, never been hospitalized again, never got a relapse again. And it's been now maybe eight years or more, eight or nine years. I mean, Fantastic. It, it's, it's just, it's glorious. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And I just, yeah. I feel so connected to every person I've ever worked with because I know their pain. Um, and yeah. I also get to share in, in all the joy that I still get pictures. People send me the picture of their babies, the pictures of them traveling. And it's just, yeah. Beautiful. That's beautiful. That's just amazing. So, um, all right, just a couple more questions. Um, do you get pushback like from the medical community or, you know, because you're, you're actually doing some things that in the traditional way that they've not been able to do. I mean, you're doing, you're doing everything and you're getting miraculous results. So do you get any kind of, I don't know, pushback or not really. I, I really don't. Not much anymore. I mean, every once in a while, some, you know, I get a lot of doctor referrals now. 10 years ago, I did not. 10 years ago, you know, when somebody told their doctor that they found me, the doctor would roll their eyes. Now I get referrals from doctors. I have doctor's offices around the country where they buy my book, Goodbye Lupus, in bulk. 
to have at their office. Um, nice. I have a lot of doctors as patients. Uh, it turns out doctors, nurses, pharmaceutical reps, pharmaceutical researchers, when they get sick, they, they don't want to actually take medicine. So they suddenly get interested in Google and looking up other alternatives. Um, I also have a rheumatologist who just started seeing me because she has lupus and she saw two of her patients get better on my plan. So she became my patient. She's like, nice. hey, whatever you guys are doing, I'm going to do it. So it's definitely changed. Yeah. Also, what I teach is very scientific. When I teach my classes that are online, um, I show the scientific pathways of how this works. So I actually show the pathway and it's in Goodbye Lupus too, of how the inflammatory pathway works and how food feeds into it and how food creates the anti-inflammatory pathway. So it's real science. Mm -hmm. And uh, Doctors love that. They, yeah. they don't want to, you know, they, we're trained, our minds are trained to look for the evidence and the chemical pathways and the physiology. So when someone just says, oh, this is a miracle, they're going to be turned off by that. But sure. I speak their language. So yeah. uh, actually, I find that whenever I give a talk, uh, if I, I've given many talks for medical schools and for mm -hmm. doctors, uh, you know, they have their grand rounds and I'll do and I'll teach the grand rounds. I show them the research, I show them the science and I show them the patients. And so they're usually fascinated and excited by it. I, I get a great response from doctors. So That's maybe nice. if they don't yeah. know me or never heard of it, they might roll their eyes. Uh, but if they hear me speak or get to talk to me or read my stuff, then they usually enroll in my programs, actually. Yeah, yeah. You win them over, don't you? I yes. can see that for sure. <laughs> Good for you. I think that's amazing. So well, it's okay. a gift I have being yeah. a doctor myself and having been a researcher is that I know what I'm talking about and I know, and it's real science. And so they feel safe kind of leaning into it and learning about it. So it, it's, yeah. it's really a blessing for them and for the patients who want to know that that's the case, that this mm -hmm. is, you know, not a mystical experience, but even, you know, mood, like working on your mood, that that actually depression, anxiety actually disrupts your cortisol levels and creates inflammation, that that's all science, you know, and that yeah. people can anchor themselves in that. And that gives a lot of people what they need to just start taking action. Like, okay, this is real stuff and I can work on yeah. it. But yeah, I, I get along great with the other docs. Yeah. Good for you. That's fantastic. I mean, and such a great, um, and such a great, because of all of that, what a great role model to, you know, to be able to speak their language, to show them what you've done, what you're doing for people all over the world. And, um, it's kind of irrefutable. So, right. <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, okay. So what should, for people that are experiencing symptoms, especially maybe young people, and they're like, this isn't what a 16 year old or a, you know, a 20 year old should be. If they're suspecting that there's something weird, some weird things going on with their body that they don't know, what are some early symptoms perhaps that, that they should be on the, the lookout for that could possibly indicate some sort of an autoimmune disorder? It's a great question. You know, a lot of people wait years sometimes five years, sometimes 10 years to get diagnosed with something because your blood tests often don't show a disease early on when you're first experiencing symptoms, right? Even yeah. when they ran tests when I was 12, they didn't find lupus yet, right? So mm -hmm. sometimes it takes time for disease to show up, but the symptoms are there, right? So the early symptoms would be um, fatigue. That seems out of proportion to maybe what you're doing. A lot of times people will tell themselves, oh, it's just, you know, I'm staying up too late on Netflix or this or that, but yeah. you're starting to feel more fatigued than you used to. Um, sometimes people will report something called brain fog where like my mm -hmm. memory's not what it was. I had a, a, a professor, a college professor tell me she thought she had dementia. And within two weeks of doing rapid recovery with me, her memory was back, you know, so it wasn't dementia. 
Um, but sometimes that kind of foggy brain, where did I put my keys? What's going on? That's abnormal for you. If you're mm-hmm. like, that's, I, I never know where my keys are, but that's just chronic. That's not disease. Um, but if it's like a new pattern that you're starting. Yeah. To uh, sometimes achiness. Uh, another one that, that I see a lot is uh, wounds not healing the way they mm. used to. So remember your immune system also helps heal yeah. wounds. So mm-hmm. if you get cut or you get a, a sprained ankle or something where it's just not getting better the way it should. You get a cold, but it lasts weeks. You know, when I was sick, I once got a sinus infection that lasted six months, right? So if your immune system is not seeming to work as quickly as it used to, that can also be an early sign. And the good news is you don't have to wait for a diagnosis to fix it. Start doing, I call it hypernourishment. Start hypernourishing yourself, get your nutrition right. Take care of yourself, get that sleep you need, work on your stress, do all that stuff first. So you can get better without ever even getting a diagnosis, right? Why wait um, when you can get better before it ever turns into something worse? Yeah, perfect. So pay attention to symptoms that seem to be something that's unusual for you that's turning into a pattern. Although there's also people who, if you know your whole family tends to get diabetes, heart disease, autoimmune disease, cancer, take care of yourself. You know what cards are in the deck. Don't wait. Right. Yeah. It's easier to prevent a disease than to reverse it. Reversal is possible. I do it every day, but it's much harder than prevention. So yeah. even if you're just starting to feel a little bit off, or even like with COVID out there, like get the immune system up. Don't you when I was doing a lot of newscasts uh, early on when COVID first came out where they're saying, What can you do for your immune system? And I'd say, Don't sink into Netflix and wine and chips and takeout. This is when you exercise, get a good yeah. night's sleep. Drink the green smoothies. I'll, right. I'll drink them every day. Do what it takes to stay hydrated. Get your immune system up as strong as possible uh, when you know that you're at risk for anything, whether it's infection or disease, rather yeah. than kind of comfort yourself with the things that are going to accelerate the, the disease process or make it harder to heal. Yeah, exactly. Not what everyone and, wanted to hear. <laughs> no, but hey, you know what? It's tough love, people. It's tough love. I mean, be be proactive. Yes. So, and uh, honestly, I think that, you know, I know you've probably had this experience too, but when people start really up-leveling their, their diet and they start really eating well and, and literally their cells are getting fed what they need, then you actually switch your addiction from the processed food and the junk food. You get addicted to the good food and you miss it if you don't get it, you crave it. So that just happens by default if you just jump in and start doing it. You just got to wait for it to kick in, right? Because it can take like a couple of months, one to two months. And in the meantime, you need to be super motivated and stay focused, right? But yes, I can't, if I skip my green smoothie, I start to feel less energy. I'm like, is this normal energy? I don't like this. I need totally. to, I need to get myself level up, right? Let me get my nutrition. Yeah. Myself yeah no. hydrated. That's why you see me drinking all the time, right? But yeah. you know, it's the easiest thing to do. I can work and I can take care of myself at the same time, you know, that, that we just have to plan for ways to do that. But absolutely, I'm so addicted to the level of energy and vitality I have. Mm-hmm. It's not worth trading that for anything. Exactly. When you stop doing it or when you veer off your course a little bit, it's just the cost is too great. And, and you're right. I'm not willing to pay it. Yeah. I'm and I know it. I'm not going to get lupus again. It would take me probably yeah. a lifetime to get myself as sick as I was back then. I mean, I was, you know, bottle fed, a processed food, and it still took me to 16. Now I'm so nourished, but I don't like the feeling of just not getting optimal nourishment. Even though I know I'm not getting sick, my body can handle it. 
uh, if I take a day or two and eat some crap, right. I just don't right. know how I feel. Yeah, exactly. Because you know you're not at like a, a ten, you know, or eleven or a twelve. Now right. you're like you're like a nine. Like, that's 10. not good yeah. enough. <laughs> Nine's not good enough. Right. I know. And that's a good standard to have. I think I I'm happy with that high standard. Right. Oh, thank you. Yeah, oh my it just reminded me where there was a conference that I go to a lot. And the guy who runs the conference said they like to switch their speakers every year. And I said, why do you keep having me back then? He said, because whenever we watch the, uh, whenever we get the audience review, you, they give you a 12 out of 10 rating. And so we feel like we have to bring you back. I'm like, Oh, well, thanks. But, nice. <laughs> but I think, it's a combination of giving people really good information that they can take action on the same day and mm -hmm. a lot of hope. Uh, and, and, you know, so yeah. I, I try to make things as concrete as I can, but mm -hmm. also tied to their emotions. And I yes. think that that's really important that we have to remember that healing is emotional and, mm -hmm. and we have to not put our emotions into comforting ourselves with alcohol and, and, and yeah, you know, gallons of ice food. cream and right. Right. But to create real happiness yeah. through, what we do, our relationships and our nutrition, all of those things. And that's actually what I do in my groups. I say, listen, you're going to be in intense cravings for the first few weeks. So we got to make your, your life extra fun because you, we don't want you sitting home looking at, you know, a piece of chocolate right. and looking back at you. We don't want that. You yeah. Get yeah. Out of the kitchen, live your life, do things, you know, have kind of social contact, right. even if it has to be through zoom exercise, move, be in nature. Yeah. Get busy. Life up. Yeah. Get busy. <laughs> Fill your life up so much you right. don't need to comfort yourself with the junk until no. you get to the point that you're talking about where you actually just crave the good stuff anyway. Then it's easy sailing from there. Exactly. You seek it out. But boredom is nobody's friend. <laughs> People start looking for, they're in the fridge 45 times a day. Right. Like each day you open the fridge, it's going to be maybe something different is going to show up this time, right? That's, it's not a good scenario. If nothing appeals to you, you're not hungry. If you and you're like, oh, only carrots, not hungry. You know, you're not hungry. If you're hungry, you'll eat the carrots. Like, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I love it. All right. So I would love for you to share where people can find out more about you and that one, the wonderful course or classes that you have. Um, tell us where we can find you. Absolutely. So goodbylupus.com is my website. It's named that because of my story, but I help people with all sorts of different issues, autoimmune, diabetes, heart disease, all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. Uh, COVID long haulers have had great results getting people back on their feet within weeks and feeling good again. So uh, goodbylupus.com. As soon as you go there, you'll see on the front page, there's something right now that says classes, free classes right now. And if you go to my free classes, I also hold free Q and A's. Uh, after the classes and we get people from all over the world usually at least eight countries shows up I always count people tell me where they're from and it's really cool so I so that's definitely something to do um, as well as I'm prolific at putting out information on social media as well Instagram and Facebook if you look up goodbye lupus YouTube goodbye lupus by Brooke Goldner MD if you look for it you'll find it I'm posting every day because I just want to keep people connected it means so much to me when people say oh my god how did you know I needed this today like that's why that's what I'm here for is to educate you and inspire you to keep going forward so um, those are really good spots to find me okay. my husband also has a cool website he made called smoothieshred.com and maybe we can just write them out for people but smoothieshred.com has free recipes for smoothies which is how we teach people to hypernourish um, and free videos on education. And, and he puts that all out there as a public service as well. Okay. So we're Sweet. both out there just trying to pump good information and healing out into the public. 
Awesome. Awesome. We, we need as much of that as we can get. And we, of course, will put um, those links in the, in the show notes. So Perfect. Thank you. To, yeah, absolutely. This has been delightful. I'm so glad that you took the time to hang out with us today and share just some amazing information with people. I'm so happy about that. And, uh, and I hope that you will be willing to, to come back and visit with us again at some point. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on today. You are very welcome. So everyone, I know you got a lot out of that and um, be sure to share this. If you suffer from autoimmune diseases or disorders, or you know someone that does, make sure that they watch this and they check out everything that Dr. Brooke Goldner has to offer because it is truly miraculous. Thank you all for spending some time with us to make sure uh, you don't miss any future episodes. Please subscribe, give us a rating, let us know how you feel about everything give us a review. It really inspires others to help um, to to watch the show and, and share it. So that means a lot to us. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends. Stay healthy and go make some epic shift happen in your lives. And that goes for you too, Gary Vee.